Okay, so welcome to episode seven of the uh, Freedom Hustles podcast, uh, a podcast dedicated to all the best hassle-free hustles, trying to give you more time and money. So here we are again. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad yourself. Yeah, good. Yeah, so good What's week. The, uh, been all right? It's not been too bad. It's been a bit, uh, a bit rainy, a bit on and off, a bit, a bit miserable. But yeah. Yeah. Classic bank holiday weekend. Yeah, yeah, I forget it was a bank holiday. It suddenly came out of nowhere and then, so. so we'd done one of the eat out to help out things, mm. which was uh, as part of the sort of government scheme that's sort of now come to an end for listeners outside of the UK. That's a sort of incentive plan to get people to go out and spend money. But yeah, so that's all finished now, but. It was all right. But anyway, so moving on. So today, something a little bit different. Um, so what is it we're going to be discussing? Um, we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, copywriting and persuasion uh, and why you should never trust a newspaper. Well, that'll come uh, later on in part of the talk. Well, basically, it's all about copywriting and trying to sell uh, your products or your services. Because yeah, um, okay. as you know, you've been uh, in selling products online for quite a while there are specific ways that you do that um and there are better ways of doing it than some people and uh, the thing with copywriting it's very it's very powerful it's very psychological okay so we're not going to go into a huge amount of um, copyright because there's a lot to talk about in fact there's podcasts which are dedicated to the art itself talking about different aspects each week so we'll just talk about some of the um sort of the important parts yeah. And that is if you've got um, a product that you are trying to sell, um, whatever the product is or a service, there are two two things. And I picked this up in, uh, um, well, quite a few books, but Jim Edwards' Copywriting Secrets book talks about these two major points. It's the before, after bridge, and the problem agitate, solve. Mm -hmm. So when you're writing your sales copy to promote your product, that there are these two ways, and one of them is to try and using the uh, the medium of story. We'll come around to story in a minute because story is very powerful, and yeah. that is you try and convey a life before your product, a life after your product. So whatever the results that that product can deliver, you imagine someone who's basically short of funds and time, and then you try and get them to imagine a life where they have more funds and time, and mm -hmm. then the bridge is basically then you trying to convince or trying to show or tell people that your product can take them from the before to the after. Right. So that's okay. before, after bridge. And then there's the other system, which basically they both can be used sorted together. And mm -hmm. this is one where you'll find, now we've talked about this many times offline, things like the Daily Mail. Um, yeah. It may get a mention. But um, problem... The Daily Fail. The, or the daily hail um problem agitate solve and this is where newspapers come in perfectly now they are perfect businesses they are brilliant businesses for copywriting for to study because of their headlines and the way they write things mm. and that is if you've got a, a product or service you identify a problem that your market have or certain people have you find that problem then you agitate it, so you poke it with a big stick, 
yeah. and then you offer up a solution. So it's problem, agitate, solve. Now, this is one of the things that you'll probably notice with British newspapers. I don't know yeah. what they're like around the world, um, but especially the British ones, is that their business model is based on making people buy their paper so they can see advertising, which has already been paid for. So really, mm-hmm. you're paying to see advertisement. It's brilliant that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, they identify with a largish group of people who've got money. And so then they key into that problem, which in the UK, unfortunately, has been a lot of immigration and Brexit mm. and stuff like that. So then they find that problem, then they agitate it, and then they offer up their solution, which is you know, what the Daily Mail says or what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and it angers people. And the reason why they agitate the problem is because it gets them emotional. Motion, yeah. And emotion is how people buy. That's it, that's it. yeah. I was just literally that. I mean, that's an amazing introduction, I will say. Um, I, it, yeah, I mean, this is not really an expert field of mine. I mean, I do know a little bit about it. I do try to write some a lot of my own copy and, and that sort of thing. And um, But yeah, I've read the I've read the Jim Edwards copywriting secrets book you're talking about. Um, highly recommend that to anyone that's listening. But yeah, that that last bit is what I wanted to kind of touch on because that is essentially it, isn't it? It's a sort of emotion versus logic, and and it's emotion that that tends to get people to buy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to kind of elaborate on that a little. Yeah, I mean emotion. I remember the story of. Um, some guy called it the chocolate frog and uh, he had a, he had a child who had um, a problem with his, uh, well, I think it was like an earache or something and they needed basically earache medication and the yeah. child was suffering and uh, they basically said, right, it's time to get your medication. They didn't want it. They were, mm, I don't want it. I don't want it. But I want a chocolate frog. And mm. so it's, as you say, logically, you're in pain. You don't want the pain. You must get rid of the pain people buy an emotion and that was what that child wanted he wanted the chocolate frog and um yeah logic is often logic is never really in there when people are buying people no. buy because as you say they want it's not exciting enough is it it's not there's no it's not do you know what i mean it's, it's like you say it's all about that impulse emotion buy isn't it which is why a lot of the car industries in the magazines and the adverts they used to do years ago would have been Basically, you had a sports car or a muscle car or they used to be known in America. So they were trying to sell them to these sort of um, youngish middle-aged men who've got mm. money. And so they would sell them by draping them with semi-naked ladies or wearing tight-fitting mm. outfits because it's the emotion of sex. You know, it gets them going sort of driven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, um, in many ways, that's the we'll be coming to this later on, it's the benefit of having a car. So the feature... They would probably say is um, you know it can get to naught to sixty in two seconds. Mm. That's like a benefit, but most people will be like say the, the feature is it can get to naught to sixty in two seconds, and the girl next to you will be going wow, and it's so like yeah, the that's feature, the benefit. Yeah. yeah, so the feature over overshadows the benefit, and it's the the features that you can get from a product, which is often the emotional driver. Right. So it um, yeah, so it. And the other major thing that people tend to buy from, which again comes back to emotion, is confidence. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to this the other day and they were talking about there's this big debate whether people buy because of the transformation or what you know the, the results that it can offer. Well, a lot of the time it's confidence. 
Uh, and so another thing is, is that if you've got, you're writing a sales letter or you're creating a sales video or you're selling a product, people often buy off the confidence that you ooze and the confidence that you can instill in them. So if they've gone from, if they're like scared of investing money in a certain product, then by the time they finish reading your sales copy, they feel confident that it's going to be a right decision or they feel confident in you mm-hmm. as well. Then that's going to make a purchase. I mean, that yeah, again, that's, that's emotion, but that also explains, I was thinking about this the other day, you've heard of Alex Jones, the guy who's the conspiracy nut. On yeah, did he get banned? Or he's just been banned, I think from probably. I don't yeah, know if he did get banned. I don't know. Yeah, I know the guy you're on about. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. Uh, I mean, you can even put Nigel Farage in in that kind of instance, and that is like you have to. Most logical people will sit there and question that these people have said this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and they don't. There was a joke saying that uh, Alex Jones has predicted, um, correctly predicted two of the last thirty-two. Uh, recessions because he's always saying this is going to happen that's going to happen yeah, but it doesn't yeah. and people don't go well actually you've said 32 and you've only got two so you're really you're 30 out you're actually a bit crap mm. Mm. but it's because they when they go on there they have that persona they believe what they're yeah, yeah, yeah. selling and they yeah. are confident and it seems that people believe in that yeah well yeah, it happens doesn't it it's that <laughs> tribalism effect again isn't it which we've touched upon before it is you know, and like- they yeah like we were saying, like you mentioned earlier, but like British, one of the top British newspapers, the Daily Mail. You know, it's it, it doesn't matter what they print on there; that they, they get their buyers, they're already in, they've sold in, they're bought into the system, they'll buy it. And it's about that, you know, like you said about the nudge effect. They can pretty much control and and dictate the way people believe and the way people think and the way people respond to certain things by just repeating the same message over and over again. And and you know, I know you me and you have talked about this before, but not not every time people buy first time, do they? You know, you might need a little <laughs> bit of persuasion and that's what the papers have got absolutely right. You know, they just, they will keep yeah. on, you know, hammering that message. Studies have been, sh- have been shown to, uh, have been shown that um, the repetition of a point seven times is enough to persuade a voter. Now that's not basically meaning the sort of repetition where you're saying, vote Trump, vote Trump, vote Trump. It's not that kind of repetition, but it's the repetition of the point. And the one thing that papers have is that they have 364 opportunities to repeat their points. They're they're published every day, apart from Christmas. I mean, I don't know if there's a Christmas Mm. edition, but so 364 days, they've got a target audience. Uh, Mm. And as we know, the Daily Mail and other newspapers, which are, are owned by very wealthy people, they are registered outside the UK, so they're not paying tax. And because of the European Union, which was um, basically trying to clamp down on tax evasion, a lot of the wealthy media companies wanted out of the European Union. So they had 364 days to basically create anti-European messages. Yeah, spread fear and and everything, yeah. Using copyright techniques with the headlines, because basically a headline, you know, they sensationalize it which mm. is emotive. It makes, gets people emotive. And this is something you should do in your sales copy. Um, so with like emotion and they will pick up on certain words, like I said, agitate a uh, problem, agitate, solve. So in the UK, if you've got a problem, if you believe immigration is an issue and unfortunately Islamophobia is an issue, you look at the daily mail, they'll be saying things like Muslim immigrants mm. claim household. And it's like suddenly 
it's got those yeah. buttons firing. Mm. And so with emotion, you do that with your sales letter and that doesn't always have to be negative. It often has to be positive. So it has to be like, so if you identify with someone who is short of funds, then let's say that they want, um, they're short of funds, they're short of time. They want to find a way to make an extra thousand pounds a week. Um, but without having to do another 40 hour graft. So if your headline was basically saying something like, um, you know, earn 1000 pounds extra a week by doing five minutes in your tea break, that's kind of appealing to people because they've already thought, well, I need that money. I don't have a lot of time. Apparently it's only going to take a tea break. So you're starting to get the emotion sort of going and people are thinking, I want mm. to know more about that product. So that's one thing. If you're ever interested in newspapers, it's really worth reading their headlines because they have, they are masters of triggering yeah. people. So I mean, I, yeah, I, I also, I am a fan. I, I, I read a lot of um, copy uh, everywhere, you know, including newspapers, irrespective of what political side of the fence I sit on. I'll read both sides because it's important, I think, to get, um, it's important to see, it's important to see both sides, but it's also, like you say, you, you can kind of learn from the, from the copy techniques and, and that sort of thing. But so I just wanted to kind of go back to the kind of online world then. So we've kind of discussed briefly about how it's used in sort of mainstream media, which can then obviously be portrayed to other things. But, you know, we've touched upon briefly um, emotion is what, you know, gets people buying. Uh, we've also mentioned a little bit about uh, the difference between kind of features and benefits. And, and you know, it's, it's perhaps, you know, one over the other that gets that kind of more buying intent. But I just wanted to also mention for, for people that are, you know, perhaps in the online space or, or thinking about getting into it. Um, le learning basic copywriting kind of applies to, to sort of all things, doesn't it? It's not just, you know, you don't just apply copywriting to like a, a massive sales letter that you're going to sell something with. It, I, I mean, for me, I'm starting to kind of try and use it more now on everything from, you know, social media posts to, you know, an, an email that I might send out, you know, to... Um, a, a little call to action on a, on a blog, you know, it, it can be kind of used um, in all aspects now, can't it? It is, yeah. I mean, copywriting, a true copywriter these days isn't just about sales letters. There's your video sales letters, so which basically technically is a script. Um, so you're writing a script for people to read out. You are emails. There are email copywriters. You can get paid quite a lot of money, actually, an email copywriter. Oh, um, yeah. But you're writing... You're, you're writing Basically, there's two types of writing, really. I think this is the way a lot of people think copywriting is those who write sales letters or sales copy and those who just write other stuff. Uh, who, you know, they, they lump other forms of advertising into there. But I think basically copywriting is a form of writing which is written purposely to get a result. Uh, other writing is often just information-based, sharing information. Uh, I mean, you, know, you might be a bit of, an, a bit of a, an emotional response in there, but on the whole, copywriting is to get someone who reads it to take action so that could be a facebook advert again you'll yep. often use specific copywriting techniques in there which will be your if you see a lot of facebook adverts you'll see a lot of bullet points bullet mm. points are uh, powerful so I have a list of bullet points it often breaks it down yep. into easy chunks they'll have um, sentences or paragraphs which are probably no more than two to three sentences long so they break it up it's easy to read lots of white space 
they will do lots of imaginative writing. So you'd be like things like um, picture this or, you know, sort of imagine bloody bloody blah. Yeah, yeah. So you get, get them the thinking, yeah. get them thinking in the mind, you get them sort of become more emotive. Um, and then there'll always be like a call to action even if it's a subtle call to action. So if even if it's something like at the end of the post, like, and if you found that interesting to learn more, click here, that is a call to action. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll have that in your Facebook post, your Instagram post, your email, uh, your article. So yeah, copywriting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Co- copywriting is basically just writing to get a, a result yeah. to get an action. Um, some people are a lot, better at it some people are natural at it but it's one of those it is a skill that you can learn because basically it's just like learning uh, a form of writing it's yeah. not i'm not saying i'm fantastic at it there's you know even if i was in this field 20 years there'd probably be people far better than me but everything that i know now is what i've learned i didn't know it 10 20 years ago yeah so it, it is something but if you study blogs you study facebook advert adverts uh instagram you'll see people using it all the time yeah so um, I, I, so I um, hey, I I also started to tell people a little bit more like that now. I mean, there's a, a, a kind of a, a little bit of a space that I'm kind of exploring at the moment. Um, I'm not I'm not all in sold on it, but um, a platform that I'm using at the moment is Instagram, and um, it, there's some pretty interesting sales techniques on there. Um, you, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more detail now, but you've got one of the kind of mediums, if you like, on Instagram is, is Instagram stories. Now, it's, it's a kind of a quick 15-second clip where you can build it all up and you can put a load of them together to kind of give a little story. And um, I see it as a kind of, you know, take your guard down opportunity to kind of talk a little bit. I mean, I use it just to talk into the camera and talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on and this, that and the other. And um, I tend to get more of a response from those than I do the actual posts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know why that is, but um, but certainly in the posts now, I'm seeing, like you say, a, a, such a broad spectrum of, of stuff. Um, some of the stuff you just see, you know, it might just be a, a single image of, of something and it doesn't really tell me what it is. And I'll kind of read the text. And again, it's a bit vague and there's nothing really there. So it doesn't get me to do anything. Um, a lot of people are just out for likes and just out for, you know, yep. to sort of fuel that ego, which again, doesn't really do anything. And then you get the other posts, which are amazing in the sense that they'll kind of take you on a little bit of a journey. And then at the end, there'll be a very, very specific call to action, which won't be, go and buy my thousand dollar course because you're not really going to do that from one post, but it might be something like, have you experienced this? Yes or no. Okay. So they, all they want is a simple answer to a question and that then gives them an idea as to who out of their followers is more engaging. Mm-hmm. So, and then they can kind of follow up that they can do retargeting ads or, you know, whatever they can do. But, and then that could be perhaps like you mentioned about the seven, or, you know, the multiple kind of, um, influence and influence and yeah. And, and, yeah. and, you know, that could be one, you know, the following day could be another one. Oh, it's the same people again, you know, later on in the week, it might be, you know, here's another one, but this time it might be, 
this um sign up to my email newsletter blah 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 and then a percentage are going to do that and then like you say later on down the line step seven step eight could be have you checked out this course and then before you know it they're a buyer yeah, yeah. But it started way back on an instagram post which could have been just something else but with them points in there do you know what i mean am i sort of making sense you are yeah i mean it's all the it's, it's like you said going back to the repetition 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 and there's yeah. two points that you put there which i think um, i'm going to explore more deeply now and you mentioned stories and you mentioned um specifics so i'll quickly talk about specifics specifics is powerful in copy so for example um there's specifics and they're what they call wiggle words so if you was writing something so like for, for example me and you we we have generated a, around a thousand dollars in commission from t-shirt sales in one month um on uh, a couple of websites we did a few years ago so if we were doing a yeah. product we would say um learn how to generate 995 dollars in one month by doing this five minute task so mm. we're not lying but there's specifics there so people know that in one month by doing like a short five minute task there is a potential to earn around nine hundred and a thousand dollars whereas if you that's been specific so if you were going to do like a wiggle room you could say and this comes back to confidence um you know it, if you give a specific it comes across as being confident if you were to say something like um you could pro you could possibly earn around a thousand dollars in the next few months by doing this task which will take just a few maybe yeah you, know, you kind of like thinking oh yeah okay are you sure um so specifics is good um, but like you said with instagram every time you're posting something you it can be a picture it can be a short video it can be a story it can be questions it can be a series of things but it's all pointing to the same your repetition you're still getting that point across even though it's from different mediums and different angles and mm. you're you're basically starting to sh slowly sort of manipulate or persuade people into your way of thinking so it's like blotting paper when you've got white blotting paper and you drop a blue drop of ink onto it it spreads out you drop another bit and it spreads out and eventually the more sort of dropping you do eventually you turn that whole sheet of white blotting paper into something yeah. blue so yeah. it is it, it is constant repetition and uh, you mentioned stories as well stories is very very powerful the human brain they believe is wired for stories mm. they um, they believe because I mean, if you think about things the bible um, the norse mythologies we learn through story and we learn our history through story we take it in better than facts if I was to tell you a story about something that had facts embedded into it, the chances are you would remember it more than if I just gave you a handful of facts. Yeah. And there's been a few cases and there's story is an incredible way of selling your products. And it's something that people should have in their sales copy. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples if I can. Um, and this is from um, Seth Godin. He has a book called all marketers are liars or, or more all marketers tell stories. I think the word liar was scribbled out part of the yeah. title, but yeah, it's by yeah, Seth yeah. Godin. And in there, he talks about the Rydal wine glasses. These are glasses which they retail at several hundred dollars and are designed specifically to make wine taste better, whether it's a 200 pound bottle or a cheap bottle from Aldi. Wine should always taste better in these glasses. Okay. 
And so people buy them, especially wine connoisseurs. You know, it's always like, well, if you're going to have this expensive wine, we must drink it out of this glass. And so yeah. they buy it. Never understood but that. Story, yeah. no, I, no, I don't. The story <laughs> is they buy into the story. And that is because they've created this story that people believe. And they did a blind test. And so they took two groups of people and they had one bottle of wine or one type of wine and they were poured into two different types of glasses and both groups were told to drink the wine from these two different glasses and compare the taste. One group was told nothing. All they were told was drink this, this wine out of this glass, drink it out of that glass, tell us which one tasted the better. Then mm. the other group was told the story about the wine glass, how it was made by craftsmen, how it was blown, you know, the glass was shaped, mm. how it was designed specifically to make wine taste better. And there was, they're given mm. the whole story. And the results were that the group that were told the story voted the wine tasted better in the Rydal glass. Mm. But those who weren't told the story, it was basically 50-50. There was no difference. Yeah. No, and yeah. so that goes to show you how story influences people's decision making. Yeah, that's and massive, isn't it? It is. I mean, there was another story as well, which I remember sharing with you not so long back. And I found this, in, this one interesting. This was a journalist who went to, uh, in America, to a thrift shop. I and remember he, this, yeah. He bought, um, I think it was a plastic wooden horse head. And he paid a writer to come up with a story. And so something that cost him a few dollars, he sold for probably 60 to $70. Mm. And then he decided to do the writer, to get the writer to write stories for everything he sold. I can't remember the figures off the top of my head, which after talking about specifics isn't good. Um, but he basically took an investment of several hundred dollars and turned him into, I think it was a couple of thousand, all Sorry. because he added stories about the products that he was selling, which he bought cheaply from a thrift shop. So he was buying stuff for like a couple of dollars. Yep. In like a charity shop, charity shops or thrift stores, and then putting like a backstory on the on the on the yep. item on his eBay listing, yeah, yeah, which, which then I don't know whether it's over overinflated the value or what, however you want to look at it, but then basically made the sale the sale price of the items go through the roof. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I. I a story is a story. They don't, you know, you're not, you, you, some people may just say, people may say you're lying or not, but. No, yeah. But you know, when you said about then, because I have heard a little bit, I've heard about that and, and yeah. But one of the things I remember reading years ago was um, it was all about um, like, I, can't, it's, it's, I don't know if it's not speed reading, but it's like, memory it's like super memories and things like this mm -hmm. and they say that if you have a massive long sequence of numbers or let's say a sequence of numbers for example um in order for you to if I, if i said to you five eight six fifteen twenty and and listed a load of numbers off you'd probably remember a few but you wouldn't be able to remember the whole lot and one of these methods i was reading about i never really kind of followed it up but i remember reading it was that you do you will you give every number a, a imagine you're going on a store imagine you're going on a journey so like on a path and you give yep. every number say you do need to remember this 10 number sequence every number you give a specific 
item or a specific part of that journey. So yep. you'd say, I don't know, I walk down the path and open the gate. The gate is number seven, right? Then I went down the path and tripped over a rock. The rock was number two. And it's easier to remember I went down the path, opened the gate, tripped over a rock than it is to remember seven, two, eight. So, and that's how it was the whole book about these kind of yep. super memory learning. Um, yeah, a little bit off topic, but anyway, yeah. Well, so it's not <clears throat> about saying the brain is wired for stories. It's not off topic at all, really, because I mean that is exactly what the whole purpose is. I mean, we are, it's, yeah. it's association, um, but the brain is wired for story, and that's how we've learned. That's how, like I say, the 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 stories of the Norse mythology and how ancients pass on stories to be learned, even in the Bible or in other things. We pass down information through story because it's it's easier for the brain to take, and with sales copy, when people associate a story, they put a story into sales copy because it helps, not just helps sell the product, but people begin to, um, they find it hard just to read a list of uh, yeah. features. Technical spec. Yeah, they, 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 they can't, the features and the technical spec just bores them. But a mm. story conveys the whole product in a way yeah. that they can understand. It yeah. also tickles emotion so they can get emotive into it and they can, um, they can be associated with the product. They, they get to know you. Um, so story is very, very powerful. And like you say, it is something that um, it's what we're wired to do. Uh, and with a story, you can actually get the product. You can explain it often better, but you can also get to show empathy. And with a story as well, you can also offer up proof. And proof mm. is something that is also powerful. As we know with sales copy, if you can get testimonials, on um your sales copy on your, your sales videos and stuff like that uh, it always helps sell but that's because it's proof so if you can get proof in a story um there was one uh for example i'm just trying to think of if you were trying to sell um like a hip flask and it's made from some sort of strong metal yeah mm. your story could be if you, if you knew if this was a genuine story if there was a, a soldier out in iraq or something had been shot at and he had a wire a, a drink thing in there and the bullet hit that and it yeah. actually stopped him from basically being killed yeah that would be a fantastic story to put into that sales copy then people will be reading that mm. and so it kind of makes it more more real gives the um yeah. more mm. clout to the actual flask itself it, it it kind of also puts into the head that it's it's kind of life-saving uh metal it, it gives you understand its um mm. strengths strengths and that yeah um so putting story into your sales copy is incredibly powerful. It can also go wrong if you do it wrong. That's why a lot of it needs to be, um, in many ways, very positive. If you take someone down onto a negative journey, you need to come out at the other end with a positive reason. Okay. But, so, um, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, some of the, yeah, that's been some real, certainly I've learned a lot um, doing this one. But um, so just real quick, because we are getting short of time. I think... Yep. Can we just, could you just maybe put together like a real short kind of summary then on sort of for anyone new that's thinking about writing copy for the first time, whether it be to sell something, to list something, to write, a, to end a blog post or whatever, what kind of summary sort of points would you sort of suggest? Right. Um, basically incorporate story as much as you can. Get a story yeah. or stories in there. Um, incorporate proof uh, either through testimonials or through the story itself and through um, through your 
proof if you can as part of your story tell your story if you can't tell a story of the product or if not somebody else's be specific so try and be specific in your sort of numbers and your claims and your time frames mm-hmm. um, because it works better it calculates better in the brain than just you know in a few months you could earn a few pounds in a few minutes yeah. Um, yeah. so be specific um, headlines headlines are extremely important um, again good place to put your specifics and your proof if you can into a headline because then you get people's attention and you get them them reading through to the rest of your copy i definitely study papers um so all we had was specifics avoid wiggle uh, wiggle words um proof testimonials features um make sure you've got lots of bullet points your bullet points can have on there your your product features but then you also want to get make sure you've got the benefits there so the difference between a feature and a benefit is a feature is that your battery drill is two times faster than somebody else's drill. But the benefits is it means that you can finish twice as quick and spend more time with your family. So yeah. the difference between a benefit and a feature, a mm-hmm. uh, sales copy that has a benefit and a following feature often works a lot better. So that's something to bear in mind. Um, so yeah, basically, and call to action. At the end of the day, copywriting is ultimately to get a result, whether it's a result that is someone says not interested or you're a bit of a dick, whatever it is, it is designed to create emotion, to build confidence one way or the other and create a a call to action. So basically get a result. So always make sure that your copy, your sales copy or video sales letter has several um, calls to action because generally people don't know what you want them to do or what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They're kind of told, don't they? And sort of guided. Yeah especially if they're not you, if not used to the internet world or if they're fairly old and that, they could probably read something and you've probably not even got a clue on them, the fact they need to click the button. So at the end of the day, if you've, got, you've done your sales copy and people are still reading, then just say, if you want to learn more, make sure you click the button at the bottom of or buy now before whatever and click that button. Tell people what to do. So stick a call to action on there. I personally never believed that people weren't, you know, couldn't figure out for themselves. But since becoming part of the copywriting in the internet marketing world, I've realized that how much people do not do if you leave yeah, that yeah. and figure it yeah. out. Mm. Yeah, we've touched upon that before, haven't we, about things that, you know, maybe just because you, you know it or you're familiar with something doesn't mean for one second that, you know, everyone else is, um, especially people that you may even be trying to get um, – as, as as kind of buyers or, or partners or you know everything mm. like that but anyway all right well then i think we'll uh we'll have to kind of wrap it up there yep um, I, I wouldn't really add anything else other than the only thing i would add is you know it, as with everything um test and and try stuff i mean we, yeah. i'm always a i'm always a believer in you know trying things and then testing stuff out and i think copy writing um, and, and definitely calls to action is, is no different, really. Um, I've seen changes on opt-ins just on the, the, the sort of color of a button uh, or the, you know, the word font that I've used. or You know what I mean? So it is a bit of a dark art. I mean, there are some guidelines, definitely, that you've mentioned there, but I don't think there's an exact science. Um, it's one of those things which needs a bit of you know, exploring and, and, and certainly testing out. But, um, yeah, if you use the kind of the, um, the, the sort of main points that Andy's mentioned, then 
yeah, you'll be on the right kind of track. If I can just quickly just sort of echo what you said about testing, just be very grateful that we live in a digital age where is the copywriters of the old would have to change a headline in next month's printed newspaper to test them. You yeah. can test them now. We've got plugins where you can duplicate a sales copy, a sales page within seconds, yeah. and then you can drive traffic you to, have to it. Send just, them both out. Don't you? One part of your audience gets one yeah. bit, and the other one gets the other bit, and then and you yeah. can change the words in in a WordPress website in seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So test definitely, definitely test stuff. Okay. Well, good. This has been a really interesting one. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, as always. Uh, I can be found, John Banks, over at signingcommand.com. And Andy? I can be uh, found over at freedomskillsacademy.com. So, yeah, just uh, I'll just finish off now. I just want to say thank you very much for listening, and uh, it's been good, and hopefully uh, we'll get to see you again in next week's podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye-bye.